Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for the MMA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeO.com. I am Jason Foy. That is a fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, uh, how you doing, bro? Because apparently the pre-show, Jason doesn't know it's the month of December, and I'm ragging on Pete a little bit, saying, oh, I thought you weren't shaving for the month of uh, November. Pete's like, yo, bro, it's not November. Yeah, bro, it's the 9th of December. What are you even talking about? Uh, what's going on, Jason? What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm in a great mood. Um, I'm excited about this fight card. We have an excellent fight card. Um, I'm super excited to break down the matchups. I just think it's a good card from top to bottom. Some intriguing positions for several fighters. Yeah, me, uh, me and Pete have been talking kind of all all, uh, all week here. And uh, it, it's funny. We always talk about how Pete doesn't monitor the betting lines what DraftKings puts out there, what FanDuel puts out there. And uh, he kept telling me, he goes, man, I'm liking Jockery. I'm liking Jockery. In my head, I'm going, oh, man, you need DK to put these lines out because this line keeps moving and moving because we're going to talk about it as we go on. There are some fights that the betting public really loves, and we've seen some major line movement on a couple of fights. We'll get into that. But, uh, you know, before we got to kind of talk about what we saw last weekend, uh, at the uh, fight night card there in Las Vegas, and uh, typical UFC fashion, we got a bunch of fights that uh, you know ultimately do not happen. Felt bad for you and Josh uh, losing all those fights on fight day, and uh, you know sometimes Pete, I could be sitting in a hotel room and uh, the phone just starts blowing up. Yeah, man. Uh, let let me tell you that uh, last week was like uncharted territory. I mean, we've had cancellations before on the on the show, but to have three, literally, I went into the the uh, the meeting at 515 or whatever like 15 minutes before we went live and then uh you know i'm sitting there talking to josh in the pre-show and i'm like hey we just lost a fight he's like oh no you're kidding so then uh i think like 30 seconds goes by i'm like josh we just lost another fight he's like quit messing with me and then finally i told him like josh we literally just lost three fights and we have 10 minutes before we go live what the heck so josh and i scrambled it was a great show we had you know some great engagement with the audience Obviously, you hopped in the chat and you helped us out with some stuff. Um, we appreciated having you in the chat. But man, like, you know, this era, this COVID era with especially mixed that with Vegas, you know, literally just bad luck central. And, uh, you know, we've already seen it this week with multiple cancellations. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I think what we're at 11 fights right now on my show today, I said, uh, true, false, we will have 11 fights on Saturday. 
I say true. I think it's done. I think there's no more, no more cancellations. I'm telling you, man, I, I really, I'm looking at the UFC and I think it, they got to be taking a quick look at their protocols, but you mentioned about last week and uh, you know, it's crazy. You know, if, if, you know, for our premium members over at awesome if you uh, go into fancy cruncher rewind, you can see, you know, what would have been the, the optimal lineup. And so this is on, on DraftKings, 692 and a half points, Pete. This would have got you. If you would have gone, and you would only have to have one fighter under 8,000. That was Jake Collier, who went out and scored 91 and a half points. But if you had Marvatori, Luis Smoka, Jamal Hill, Gabriel Benitez, and Alito Taporia, that would have got you almost 693 points. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, Jason. And, and, you know, it's kind of what I always say is that that middle range is sometimes forgotten. People go, they play high and low and the middle range sometimes comes in with, uh, you know, some, some low ownership that you can definitely take advantage of. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to just target one area, whether you, you know, if you like people in the AK range, then, then plug them in and play. So this is, so I did Cruncher Rewind. It was just one fighter per unique lineup. So here was a top four lineups. So I'll give you the price range. 49.9, 49.6, 50,000 even, and 49.7. Just kind of shows you don't got to spend all $50,000. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, it's just, uh, it's it's pretty close to the 50K because you only needed one 7K guy. If say two 7K fighters went out there, we would see that number be drastically different. But, you know, I'm always advocating don't spend all your salary, especially if you want to take down a GPP. Um, you know, usually 50K lineups don't take it down. Or if it does, you know, you're splitting with a lot of people. Of course, we appreciate everyone that's in the show live here right there on YouTube. Uh, do us a favor, hit that like button. Also, subscribe to Awesome right here on YouTube so you can get notified when we have new shows up there. Of course, we have new shows every day. Of course, we'll get you ready for the NFL season. And NBA is here. Preseason starts this week. As, uh, you know, hey, here in Tampa, I uh, have an NBA team now here locally. Still a Magic fan, even though going to be a rough season. Going to be a rough season. Going to be a rough season. But we got the Raptors now uh, here in Tampa. They've, they've made your way to Tampa. So uh, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, so you can keep up with all the shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and so much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get those alerts when shows do go live. Of course, uh, myself and P will be here for the next hour, and we'll be back on Saturday, live before lock, 4.30 p.m. each time. We'll be leading you up to NBA live before lock coming up here on Saturday. But, Pete, let's get right into these fights. We've got Divison Figueredo making his second title defense in 21 days as he is challenged by Brandon Moreno. Uh, I guess, you know, and obviously Brandon Moreno, oh, excuse me, Diveson Figueredo, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the betting favorite in this one, a 3-1 betting favorite, one of the top options on, on DraftKings. But let me let me start here with this fight. How does Brandon Moreno get the job done? Well, I think Brandon Moreno has kind of made a career out of being, you know, counted out and uh, being extremely tough. You saw it, uh, you know, all throughout his his UFC career. I mean, to come back into the UFC and now has a 6-2-1 and one record, he has some big notable wins. Um, you know, the, the kid can do it all. He can strike. He can grapple. I think his grappling is super underrated. Um, he does go the the takedown route quite, quite a bit in his fights. Um, and I think that he will be a challenge for Figueredo. I do favor Figueredo because I think that Figueredo is just on another level. Like there's levels Mm -hmm. and kind of when you start seeing a a fighter hit their stride, you know, I I think Figueredo is starting to separate himself amongst the the top of the division. 
But in regards to Moreno, I think Moreno needs to keep the fight, um, needs to try to have more volume than Figueredo, but also mix in takedowns. Now, that is very tricky because trying to take down Figueredo, you saw what happened to Alex Perez. Yeah, you know, it led to a scramble, but then Figueredo has excellent jujitsu and, uh, you know, basically snatched up that neck, locked in that guillotine choke that he's caught several people with. Super sneaky, super talented. His jujitsu off of his back, he's just so good. I think this fight's going to be a banger, Jason. I really do. Um, neither one of these guys have been finished. Neither one of them have been knocked out or submitted. Um, if I'm looking at takedowns, uh, Brandon Moreno has 15 takedowns in the UFC, so he's averaging like 1.6 per per UFC fight. Um, that's quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I, I think that is the strategy. Just keep Figueredo guessing. Don't stay stagnant. Don't stay in front of the, the dangerous 125-pounder in Figueredo. Uh, you know, the FanDuel pricing on this one, we got $23 for Vigoredo, $18 for Moreno. Does, does a $23 number, does it scare you away? I, I think it's a little rich. I do think it's a little rich. And, um, you know, I think it's appropriate. Obviously, like, the guy's talented. He's amazing. Um, a lot of people are going to point to the weight cut to see how much he's actually, like, cutting. Um but I mean, he's, he's really not bad. I, I think I read a tweet that he's like right around 134 pounds, 133 pounds. You mentioned that he's at the PI right now, which I think is perfect because he doesn't have to go home, get ballooned up and then try to recut the weight, you know, and it seems like he's really started to fix the things that were haunting him in the past in the Joseph Benavidez fight of missing weight. So I'm extremely impressed with Figueredo in the UFC's nine and one that he can do it all. He can knock you out. He can drop you. He can take you down if he needs to he can you know be one he could be losing the entire fight and then still go out there and snatch up your neck or an arm or whatever and and get the finish so i think that this is an interesting fight 23 dollars on Fanduel. i probably won't get there just because i like some other spots i i do think he wins i just think that you know it's a 125 pound fight neither one of these guys have been finished what's the likelihood that they score high I mean, I don't know. It could be a back-and-forth affair with Figueredo edging out Moreno. Would it be safe to say that you like Figueredo's price point much more on DK than you do Fandle? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only boost to Fandle would be that if Moreno does go the takedown well and he tries to stuff a bunch of takedowns, which could lead to an inflated score. In that case, I do think Figueredo is somewhat sneaky. Um, you also talk about it's five rounds now, and if he's – constantly defending takedowns, Jason, maybe that really inflates his score and gets you some, you know, some contrarian points where people might not put him in that captain because it is pretty rich. You know what I mean? But uh, on, on DraftKings, I feel like, man, I might be able to get away from these guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think you got to roster this, this fight. I, I just think that just because of the styles and, you know, Figueredo is a guy that I, I truly believe this. I said this on my podcast earlier today, if he wins on Saturday night, to me, he's a fire of the year. There's so many, right? I feel like there's so many guys okay, that are. Okay. Think about it. Okay. You have two wins against Joseph Benavidez. So okay. one where he missed weight was a title fight, misses weight, yeah. then makes weight, wins the title. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, defends the title against Alex Perez, turns around 21 days, a fast turnaround in UFC title history, potentially gets this one. I don't see how there's another fighter in the UFC you can make a case for to say they've had a better 2020. I think that, you know, probably the only reason why you can't make a case for anybody else is because he's a champion. So what are the champions are doing it? So I think anytime you are um, 
anytime that you are a champion defending and trying this, I think this is what I think champions should be doing. Like, I know it's nice to take a fight every six months or every, every five months or whatever, and, and kind of just get nice matchups and all that and kind of build it up. But I, to me, this is like how champions used to do it. They used to fight all the time. They used to be active. They used to try to take down, you know, everybody in the top 10. That's what everybody should be doing. It's like you've told your manager you want two fights in 21 days or something. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, hey, I mean, how many fights can I get in a month? Uh, you know, it's, I feel like that conversation's come up. Yeah, I, I wonder I wonder who. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we mentioned this question here from Hunter, and Hunter, appreciate you chiming in here on, on YouTube. He says, Pete, what is your projection if Divison has to go into deep waters, meaning championship rounds? Yeah. Can you see him gassing? I can. I can. And it's a great point. I do think that I would give the uh, – the pace over five rounds to Moreno. Um, in that case, maybe Moreno's super tough, right? Like Moreno's going to be difficult to get rid of. If Figueredo goes out there and just puts him away quickly, okay, you surprise the entire MMA community. I think Figueredo gets it done. I think the longer the fight goes, the more it leaves an opportunity of Moreno to take advantage of a tired, fatigued Figueredo. It's going to be a great fight. Looking forward to seeing yeah. it coming up here on Saturday night. Co-main events, another fight that I'm really looking forward to. Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Uh, Tony Ferguson, 8,600 on DK, 7,600 for Charles Oliveira. Then on the FanDuel side of things, Ferguson, $18. Charles Oliveira, $15. This is one of those fights that we were talking a little bit about uh, earlier this week. I mean, I, I think the question mark I kind of have with Tony Ferguson is how does he bounce back? I mean, that was a beating that he took back in what, you know, you know May. Was that May? I want to say, um, you know, against Justin Gaethje. And how does he bounce back? You know, I mean, he's 36 years old. Charles Oliveira, a, a super active fighter coming off a great win against Kevin Lee. Break this one down for us. I will say that, you know, Tony Ferguson went out there and, uh, finally met his match in Justin Gaethje and he was on such a roll in the UFC. I mean, now he's 15 and two in the UFC. That's such an incredible record. Uh, he's eight, 8,600 right here, 25 and four overall. You know, what, what can you say about Tony Ferguson? He's a, uh, you know, very well-rounded. He has good striking, good boxing, good kicks, sharp elbows, sharp jujitsu goes for a darts choke more than anybody does have wrestling to rely on, but I feel like, um, you know, sometimes he doesn't mind getting put on his back because he's so crafty. And when he's so crafty, sometimes you can eat some shots. Um, but you see him scramble and work towards submissions all the time as well. Now, in regards to the Justin Gaethje fight, I think all the pressure is on Tony Ferguson in this matchup. Like, hey, you know, you were the guy that got passed up, you know, in regards to fighting Khabib. And uh, like, he should have fought for the title. I mean, that was supposed to happen multiple times. So, we know that Tony Ferguson dominates everybody out inside the top 10 and even outside of it. Um, just how does he rebound from such a devastating loss? Is his confidence still the same? Um, what happens if he get, if he gets hit with a shot, is his chin somewhat gone now? I know that he took a ton of, a ton of shots from Justin Gaethje. You have Charles Oliveira here who I really feel like is coming into his own. And at 7,600, I think a lot of people are just going to automatically assume Charles Oliveira goes out there, lays an egg and gets destroyed because we have seen that. We have seen him, um, you know, take some shots against Paul Felder and kind of, you know, in moments of his career, it does seem like he is somewhat afraid of getting hit and uh, doesn't respond well to getting hit. And Tony Ferguson is going to try to hit him and cut him open. Um, we have seen Oliveira submitted as well. So it's like, 
Oliveira's early career, super inconsistent, but now has really hit his stride and possibly found some confidence. I have no problem getting to Oliveira at 7,600. He's one of my favorite punt plays on the slate, and I think that he could surprise a lot of people. A lot of people automatically giving Ferguson the check thing, and he's just going to go in there and, and rinse and repeat, get it done, put away Oliveira. And if he does, I mean, that's kind of what he's supposed to do in this spot, right? But at 7,600 of the 7K options, Oliveira, in my opinion. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's one of the best. I think he's able to you know, take advantage of of the damage that Ferguson sustained in that previous bout, mix in some takedowns, win some rounds, try not to get subbed. Um, I don't mind him here. And I think he, I think Olivero benefits from this fight only being three rounds as opposed to five rounds. But let me ask you this. And and this is where you can bring, you know, the knowledge out there to our listeners is from a fighting aspect. When we think about Tony Ferguson, one of the things I think about is how he's able to land elbows, especially Mm -hmm. just quick inside elbows what does charles Oliveira have to do to make sure that he can take that weapon away from tony yeah he can't play the inside game so uh you know anytime you allow your opponent to get close you know say tony ferguson is getting destroyed in the fight and losing you know all it takes is one elbow to slice you open and the ref stops it because the doctor says you can't continue so like that's why elbows are so important in mma is because it can really turn the tide and uh, i'll tell you what jason a lot of fighters panic when they see their own blood, like, you know, and it it sounds silly because you're a fighter and you're supposed to be accustomed to that, but it's completely different when you're split open. Um, I think Oliveira needs to stay on the outside, uh, start to really chop at that leg. He throws a lot of leg kicks. Uh, When Tony Ferguson tries to throw some leg kicks on the outside, catch the kick, throw a right hand down the middle. Um, You know, if you're inside, we're grappling. Don't, don't be dirty boxing with them. That's essentially how you avoid the elbows. Okay, so since you mentioned that, what was your reaction the first time you got cut in a fight? I think the first time I got, well, in, in practice, you know, practice is practice. So obviously you get you get cut or you get hurt in practice and then you just want to kill the person. But, uh, you know, in a fight, it's different because you're like, oh, man, now this could, it, it kind of does create a little panic. Um, obviously, I've gotten used to it now. I, you can hit me with a bat and I wouldn't mind. Um, but like early on, when you get cut, it's like, oh man, I don't want to lose the fight because of this. Oh man, like, I don't know how bad it is. Yeah, you know, I can't say, hey ref, how bad is it? Or, you know, let me look in a mirror. Um, you have to just assume the worst. And that kind of makes you put the the pedal to the metal and really start to push uh, push the pace. Yeah, but this is, this is a great matchup. And, uh, you know, one of the things, I th- for me personally, I think it's more of a cash game play than it is a GPP play, because I kind of do feel like this is going to go 15 minutes just because of both these guys' skill level, but really looking forward to it. But, Pete, you know you know what's right around the corner. What I mean by right around the corner, like later on this week, and that's the fact that the NBA is back and NBA DFS is almost here. And at Awesome, we are offering $1 NBA access through December 29th for new members only. We use a promo code Caruso. I wonder why they chose that promo code. It's <laughs> like we have somebody that might be like, looks like his twin. 
<laughs> yes, we're talking about Mr. Uh, Mr. Awesome Alex Baker. If you've never seen Alex, just you know, pop him up on Google. You'll notice he he looks exactly like Alex Caruso. <laughs> now this uh, does give you access to everything we have to offer for NBA preseason DFS and the first week of the regular season NBA action, including projections, ownership projections, our expert Slack chat, lineup builder, and much more. Sign up today. Go to awesomeo.com slash join or just go to awesomeo.com right there on the top left-hand side of the screen. You'll see Awesomeo Plus, and be sure to use that promo code Caruso to take advantage of this amazing deal, $1 for NBA access. Uh, I would say this, outside of MMA, NBA is my favorite DFS sport. Yeah, same. And, uh, you know, I love I love NBA. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It's it's just so satisfying. It, and the points, you start getting points left and right, and who's who's on a heater and who's who's got a snowflake. It's pretty cool. I, I can't wait. And look, being an Orlando Magic fan, it's really tough to get excited about a season. It's really tough to get excited. I, I'm, I'm not complaining up here, man. I'm a Nets fan. Started doing, uh, started being a reporter for a Nets fan several years ago. And, um, you know. So, so you ready for James Harden to ruin that team? Yeah, no, I don't want James Harden. I don't want him. You know, you know, that's not going to happen. You know it yeah, is. I know, I know it is. But let's get uh, back to the fights. So we got a lightweight matchup. Hinato Mancano, 7800 on DK, $14 on FanDuel. Taking on your boy, Hafel Fiziev, 8400 on DK, $16 on FanDuel. I mentioned about there's uh, four fights where the line has moved majorly and Raphael, he opened up at plus 105, and he is now minus 160. And I know, Pete, you uh, you uh, are are definitely feeling the way the betting public is, is feeling here. I am, man. And, uh, you know, I've been touting Rafael Fazee for a while, comes into the UFC, drops his debut. I, d- I just think he's super talented. I'm also a big, big fan of Tiger Muay Thai. It's probably on my bucket list of places I need to go and train and live. And I, I just love everything about it. Hafeel Fazib is one of the striking coaches um, over at Tiger Muay Thai. So if you think about Tiger Muay Thai, Peter Yan, some notable, you know, a notable name, that's his coach. Like this guy is extremely talented in the striking department. Um, a lot of Thai fighters struggle to have really good hands. Hafeel Fazib is not one of them. Hafeel Fazib throws dynamite hooks. Um, and, and the one thing I really love about Hafeel Fazib is that we've seen, um, we saw it last week, when fighters go to the body, how successful they can be. And Fiziev, he really loves torturing people with body shots. And I think that's a, a spot here that he can really um, exploit a Moikano in, is just going to that body to set up some power shots as well. I think Fiziev can check kicks. Moikano's not a bad striker at all, um, you know, known for his grappling. Moicano is, uh, you know, he's, he's an okay striker, like a volume striker with some good calf kicks. I think that Fiziev can match him on the feet, excel, hurt him on the feet, knock him out. I mean, do you think about Moicano at 145 pounds, was knocked out a couple times. Um, now he's at 155 pounds. Possibly the weight cut was behind the knockout losses. Whenever you cut a, a tremendous amount of weight, it does make your, you know, you are more susceptible to get knocked out from a big shot. Now here against Fazeev, I don't care if he cut some weight. I don't care if he cut no weight. I think Fazeev can knock about knock out almost the entire division. Like if he lands a perfect shot, um, Moicano at seventy eight hundred is definitely a guy I will include mm-hmm. in some lineups because if he does take Fazeev down, his jujitsu is next level. Like he can really just put you away. You saw that in his previous bout. Fazeev's takedown defense is excellent, absolutely excellent. 
But even when you have, you know, excellent takedown defense, one scramble can lead to the person getting behind you and taking your back. And they, they, they get to an advantageous position, not even really off of a takedown, but more on just lacing a leg. So that's always something you have to be uh, aware of when you're fighting a guy who's so strong in jiu-jitsu. But it's Rafael Fazi for me. I like him quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a fight that I, I, I kind of feel like I really want this fight in GPP. Um, you know, I think you bring up a great point. If Moncano can get this fight to the ground, I mean, man, it's, his jiu-jitsu, it's, it's next level. And trained down there at ATT, uh, this is one of those fights I think you got to look at. Uh, you know, you look at some of the measurables, pretty identical for the most part. A little bit of a height advantage there. You, people can see on the screen with, with the heat sheet there with Moncano. So uh, definitely a fight that I'm looking towards. Another fight that I think we all have to look forward to. I mean, we, we joke about how this is always your favorite fight of the week, the A200-8000 matchup, and that is Jacare Souza taking on Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland is the A2000 fighter. Jacare 8000, 17 for for Holland on FanDuel, $14 for Jacare over on FanDuel. And, and I mentioned about that the betting line movements, and this is one of the betting line movements we have seen where uh, Jacare Souza uh, opened up at plus 135. It was about plus 135 till about Sunday morning, and then the betting public has been just hammering this line, and it is now Jacare Souza minus 115. And, uh, you know, this is, you think about, Jock Ray was initially supposed to take on Martin Fattori. Now he's taking on Kevin Holland. It's a, it's a different fight of what yep. you're expecting there. But the one thing, and you pointed this out to me earlier this week, is if Kevin Holland, if this fight goes to the ground, man, you love Jock Ray in this spot. Yeah, I, I love this fight. Um, obviously not my favorite you know, price range. Kevin Holland's been one of the hottest fighters since COVID. I mean, really, he's, he's taken advantage of this situation. Um, you think about his performance over Anthony Hernandez. Great knee and ground and pound to the body. Um, you know, his knockout win over Joaquin Buckley, who has turned into a superstar. Um, won a split decision against Darren Stewart, but I really don't agree with that. And if you watch the fight, he was great early on. Started to fade as the fight went on. Started to get out grappled and controlled on the mat by Darren Stewart. And get, let me tell you guys, Darren Stewart does have wrestling in his back pocket, but he's not a wrestler. If Darren Stewart's holding down Kevin Holland, imagine what Jacare Souza is going to do when he takes him down. Now, obviously, Souza has to get to that point, and I will, and I do think that uh, Kevin Hollett has a significant speed advantage over Jacare Souza, like a significant speed advantage. Um, we have seen Souza, you know, get lit up on the feet. Uh, one that comes to mind is Jack Hermanson, where even the guy that throws unorthodox punches and doesn't really look crisp hit him with like a four piece, um, and uh, you know, Souza gets rocked but somehow always survives. Uh, Robert Whitaker is one of the few that's been able to finish him. I, I like this fight. I really do. Kevin Holland will have a significant speed advantage, like I mentioned. I just don't know if he has enough firepower to put uh, Jacare away. Like Jacare just lost a split decision to Jan Blahovich. That guy, he, you know, that's the champ. Like, he, that's insane. And, uh, you know, I, I think that people could be underestimating Souza based on his age. But the guy is smart and can knock plenty of people out. And I think at this stage of his career, he should recognize, look, at this guy has no, I shouldn't say Kevin Highland has no ground game, but he's, you know, definitely weaker in that department. Um, you know, you think about his loss to Brennan Allen, how um, he was choked out. Even John Phillips had Kevin Holland on the ground at one point in a scramble and Kevin Holland was on his back. So what, what, uh, what, what are you saying? What do you say? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I think Jacare. Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying that I think Jacare 
is in a nice grappling spot. Now, granted, if he goes out there and stands up with Kevin Holland, you know, not going to work out for him most likely. So at 8,000, I'm going to hammer Jacare Souza as one of my, one of my guys. I'll definitely have some Kevin Holland because in, in the COVID era, he's been untouchable. And if he goes out there and gets off to a fast start, you could be looking at an early KO. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there, there is part of me that's tough to trust a 41 year old Jacare, but he is, he's at the right weight class that you want to see him at. You want to see him at 185 pounds. You don't necessarily, you don't want to see him at 205 because I mean, look, you know, this 205ers, they're really walking around about 230 pounds. I mean, they're just big boys. And, and so I, I do like the fact that Jock Ray's at 185 pounds. But, man, this is this is one of those fights that I feel like, I think from a GPP aspect and, and cash, I, I think this is a fight you have to, you know, on both slates, whether it's DraftKings or on FanDuel, I think this is a fight that you got to have a, a decent amount of shares in. Yeah, I would agree. And I think Kevin Holland gets a bump over on FanDuel because, obviously, he wants to prevent takedowns. Uh, both guys coming in over an 80% finish rate. 80% for Kevin Holland, 85% for Souza. I mean, fireworks at 8,200, 8,000, sign me up. By the way, John Phillips got cut by the UFC. I was really disappointed in that. You know why? <laughs> Take down City. Because <laughs> I want to fade him every time. Because <laughs> he's, you know, I mean, look, it's just, you, you just knew that. John Phillips, when he was going against a takedown guy, just, uh, just go, you know, it didn't matter what the price was. You could have told me it was 10000 on DK. I'm still going to play it. <laughs> I can't, I can't fault you there, buddy. Yeah, but, uh, you know, this is the MMA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeO.com. Of course, be sure to follow AwesomeO on all of our social media channels at AwesomeO underscore com. That is our Twitter handle. And also check out our feed on Instagram, Facebook, and our sports-specific Twitter handles as well. And there's only one way to take – there's one other way to take advantage of our giveaways. Give us a follow now. And for more exclusive giveaways – Join our Awesome Fans Facebook group where giveaway contests are run weekly. So be sure to check that out. Let's move on to a heavyweight matchup. Surreal Gagne taking on JDS. And uh, this is, uh, you know, look, I think JDS is a very similar scenario that Jacare Souza is. I think that either one of these guys lose, their days in the UFC are over. Ooh. It's so hard for me to let go of big names, Jason. And it's kind of like you feel like they're invincible and they're kind of untouchable. Um, I'm I'm interested for this matchup. I'm not interested in watching it so much because I'm afraid that Dos Santos just gets knocked out again. I mean, poor Dos Santos. Talk about one of the best early starts in the UFC. I mean, the guy looked uh, unbeatable. He really did up until he met Kane, which was his demise. You know what I mean? Like, so Dos Santos has been knocked out so much in his career. If I look, he's on on three fights in a row where he's been knocked out, Jason. Three fights in a row. One in 2019 and two in 2020 already. January, Curtis Blades, who's a wrestler who does have dynamite in his hands as well, but I can't classify him as a KO artist. He's a ground and pound specialist. You know, hurt JDS on the feet and finished him. Then Jairzinho Rosenstruck went in there um, and finished him. I mean, he's been knocked out by Stipe, Overeem, Kane. I don't even want to look anymore, Jason. It's kind of like tearing at my heartstrings because I love JDS so much. But at this point, right, Surreal Gone is stepping up massively in competition, oh, yeah. like a massive step up in competition. So this is always a test fight. They want to see where Gon's at, and they want to see where Dos Santos still is. Because you're right, if Dos Santos goes out there and gets knocked out again, 
you're talking about four fights in a row where he's been finished, not losing split decisions, not losing questionable fights, getting demolished. Um, with all that being said, I do think that Cyril Gunn is just too crafty for Dos Santos at this point in his career. They'll yeah, both I mean, enjoy the stand-up and trade. So I really like Gunn at 9,200. I go back to that first fight against Kane where I just remember watching and going, throw in the towel, throw in the towel, save yeah. your fighter. And it's one of those things that you just kind of wonder, you know, how much of those beatings that JDS. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As took against Kane that it really took years off his career. I mean, look, it's, you know, we, we talk about, you know, punt plays. I mean, yeah, JDS is a punt play. No question about it, especially on FanDuel at $8, um, you know, and 7000 on, on DraftKings. But I just don't see it. Um, I will tell you, I was just kind of, you know, I was messing around on, on the DK app and, you know, I was putting lineups together. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, let me put Peter Barrett in and just see what I can kind of put in there. And yeah. I could put in a, a lot of high, high, you know, high salary, you know, fighters in terms of that, but I just I don't like JDS in the spot. I, I'm just not a big fan of it. He's a big underdog. I want to say he's, you know, uh, Strogons. I want to say minus four twenty, uh, yeah. betting favorite in those ones. So yeah, I, I don't like that at all. Of course, speaking of the betting odds, don't make a bet without shopping the best odds first. Betting lines change by the minute, and you can vary greatly depending on which book you are using. That's why it's important to use Osmos. Odd Shopper to find the best line available on the game you are betting and give you the edge you need to beat the house. Head over to oddshopper.awesomeo.com where we compile the best bets available for every game, updated in real time. Sign up for free today to track your bets and receive alerts when the lines move. As I mentioned, there's some lines that are moving all throughout this week. So, you know, maybe there might be some fighters that maybe you really like that line on Monday. And uh, most likely is that that best line is already gone. So be sure to check out. Odd shopper, odd shopper there over at awesomeo.com. Let's move on to the preliminary car. We've got Cub Swanson returning from ACL and meniscus surgery as he's going to be taking on Daniel Pineda. Daniel Pineda, 8,300, 7,900 for Cub Swanson. And then over on FanDuel, you got some value there in Cub Swanson at $12, $16 for Daniel Pineda. I mean, obviously the big question mark, Pete, is Cub coming back from an injury. Yeah, man. Uh, big Cub Swanson fan. Trained with Cub Swanson out in New Mexico. Cub Swanson gave me an education like six years ago. Um, I, I will say that, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm interested for this matchup. I just, I'm just not interested in seeing Swanson get back in there too soon. I don't want him to try to pull the Dominic Cruz card, get in there. Not everybody can do that. You know, go in there and knock off the cage rust and and then have a, a flawless performance. And Pineda isn't bad anywhere. Like Pineda is very well-rounded. And has a hundred percent finish rate coming in at twenty seven and thirteen. Swanson is twenty six and eleven. You talk about fireworks. This is like a, you know, veteran versus veteran, and you know it's going to be action from bell to bell. Pineda can he throws heat standing up, similar to Cup Swanson, but definitely has the edge in the jiu-jitsu department where Swanson has struggled. Swanson has good judo where he can toss you, and you know he does have uh, some jiu-jitsu background as well. I believe he's a, a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. 
he just for some reason slips up in fights. Maybe it's the ground and pound that opens up his neck or, or vice versa. Um, I think that Pineda is in a decent spot here. Uh, Swanson's one of these guys that is definitely in my uh, punt play uh, category where I will have him in a few. Um, Dos Santos in the pre- previous fight, I'll have just some because it is Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. But in this fight, 8,300, 7,900, it's a close fight. It really is. And one shot can can really make the difference. Maybe Swanson's knee is better than, we, than what we're giving him credit for. It's hard for us to really know that. Um, I don't know how confident he's going to be out there in the cage, but I do favor Pineda just overall game. I, I just doesn't have as many question marks as Swanson. Swanson does have the better uh, strength of schedule and has fought the tougher co- uh, competition to this point though. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, my concern is just coming back from the, from the knee surgery uh, yeah. of what does he look like? And, and, you know, I mean, look, Cub is, I mean, at 37 years old at, at 145 pounds, you're at the end of your career. I mean, let's there, there's, you can't sugarcoat that. And, you know, of course, Daniel Pineda getting back into the UFC. This is, you know, as everyone can see on the heat sheet, he's four and four in the UFC. This He's been up and down and uh, obviously coming off a, a great performance, uh, you know, in his return to the UFC. You know, this is one of those fights that I, I think you got to be looking at. Um, you know, man, if you put Cub Swanson in your FanDuel lineup, man, I think it makes roster construction pretty easy. You know, especially if maybe you like, you know, another fighter. Let's say $15 or, or under. I will tell you there's one fighter, $15 and under on FanDuel. I really do like. We'll get into into that uh, that fighter here in, in a little bit. But, man, uh, I, I kind of feel on DraftKings, I, I like it in cash as well. Yeah. I don't mind this matchup at all. I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, both guys have been knocked out in the past. Both guys have been submitted in the past. Uh, you know, they're both – I would say Pineda definitely is the, the – finisher of the two Swanson over the years only has a 58% finish rate, but he has fought some tough, tough guys. So I, I'm excited both, you know, above 35. So we'll have to see how it plays out, but I do favor Pineda. Something uh, to mention over at awesome.com MMA rankings are free. So check that over at awesome.com. Also NFL rankings are free to get you ready for uh, whatever week of NFL we're in at this point. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Look at my world, man. It's uh, we're 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 in the month of December now, so it's it's kind of, you, 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 I mean, what we're what we got? Wait, well, we I know as the Buccaneers, we have four games left. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know exactly who we're playing. I know our path to the playoffs. So uh, that that is that is my world, Pete. You know, I really don't pay attention to the rest of the league. I can't blame you. I've been checked out for a while since my Chargers been struggling. Yeah, it's it's been you know I'm telling you what man I was impressed when uh, they came to town here and Justin Herbert I, you know he's definitely someone to pay attention to there of course uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell so you'll know when a new show is live here on Osmo particularly with all the NFL coverage that we have there also all, all the uh, various shows that we have here at Osmo.com you got to check out that by hitting that subscribe button right here on YouTube. Let's move on to the next matchup, a female matchup, Mackenzie Dern versus Verna Janaroba, 8,700 for Mackenzie, 7,500 for Janaroba. And, and I, I mentioned about this earlier today, you know, the last two fights, Mackenzie Dern has been gifted by poor fight IQ by her opponent. I don't see that happening here, but you were telling me a little earlier, uh, you've got you've got a major red flag on, on Janaroba. Yeah, man, I, I'm interested for in this fight, and I think we talked about how this is a very sneaky fight, and I think it will be targeted a decent amount because Dern, in some of her fights, and, and most of them, 
she has benefited from low IQ in her opponents, whereas a skilled grappler in Janaroba will not be making the same mistakes. Now, you're talking about two elite grapplers, and I, I'm interested to see who has the better MMA game as far as MMA grappling because it's completely different when you have the gi on, then when you mix in ground and pound. Um, you know, I, I'm interested to see this here. Janaroba at 7,500, not a bad play by any means. I think she'll be extremely, extremely popular. People target heavyweights, the 7K option, or women's MMA, the 7K option. So Janaroba will definitely be included in some of my lineups. Standing up on the feet, though, man, she's a liability. And you would never believe it if until right now that I think Mackenzie Dern has a significant edge on the feet. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Dern throws some heat. She really does. Like, she tries to finish her opponents standing up. And if you go back and look at some of her fights, it's like, she's aggressive. That's what I can basically say. She's aggressive, and she throws everything with bad intentions. Whereas Gina Roba looks lost on the feet. She really looks completely lost on the feet. And now, when you talk about two skilled grapplers, usually their strengths nullify each other, and it ends up being a striking match. If it's a striking match, I do favor Mackenzie Dern. Perhaps this is kind of just like where people might be forgetting about how good Mackenzie Dern is. I will definitely take Dern at the leverage position here where I know a lot of people will be reaching for Jana Roba to, to pull off the upset. I can't see either one of these girls getting submitted. I can see it being a scramble fest, tons of advances and, and reversals and all that. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Dern work towards a TKO um, because Jana Roba really, really struggles on the feet. Plus 650, Dern to win by TKO KO. I don't hate it. Minus 120, fight goes to the decision. Yeah, I mean, that's the most likely outcome. I mean, 67% finish rate for Dern, Janaroba, 81% finish rate. And you can imagine that, you know, I don't think either one are really going to submit each other. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think, you know, I look at uh, the female matchups this week. Um, I, I will definitely have more in this matchup than the yeah. other matchup of Torres and Hughes just because of, of Tisha Torres, but it's definitely something you got to pay attention to. Now, a fight that I absolutely love, and, and just from a, a fight aspect, I think this could be a great fight, and I think this has got GPP and cash written all over it. Gavin Tucker, Billy Quarantillo, of course, Billy here uh, from my hometown here in Tampa. as uh, He is 8500 on DK, 7700 for Gavin, and they are both $15 on FanDuel. I love Billy in this spot. I, he has been a tremendous GPP player for us, cash player for us. The volume, the pace he puts on this fight. I think he's got the wrestling advantage in this fight. I love Billy in this spot, but it, it's a close fight. I, I, you know, it's a close fight, but man, I, I think Billy is going to be probably one of my highest owned fighters. I love the fight as well, and I love it for uh, DFS because I just see points literally everywhere. I just see points everywhere. Corintio's pressure is is crazy. He really just only knows how to go forward. Um, he goes forward so much that he runs into shots sometimes. He puts himself in positions, bad positions, but he does have great wrestling to rely on. Early on, man, he used to get put in so many bad positions and have to constantly pull things out. You know, like he used to have to come from behind and work towards a victory instead of being in control of the fight. And now that he's actually in the UFC and not on the ultimate fighter, you're starting to see like, wow, okay, this kid has super potential, like good hands, good wrestling, good jujitsu. Tucker is awesome and tricky, uh, southpaw, but can go orthodox as well. Um, you know, has some great Muay Thai. 
So he has some great footwork as well for a Muay Thai artist. Like you saw that in the Sam Cecilia belt. Uh, he, he looks incredible. He has grappling in his back pocket. If things get squirrely, he can go and take his opponents down. You saw that in the Justin James bout, even when he was rocked and hurt, you know, he took him down, worked towards a submission. So I think that, you know, they're both Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts. And that is interesting. Um, Tucker hasn't been finished in his professional career. Quarantillo has been knocked out in his professional career, actually from a left high kick. And I will say that that's the one worry I have about Quarantillo is to block high kicks. You see him reach a lot. And whenever you're reaching a lot, you, your opponent can either start burying body kicks. So you start to really compensate and drop your hands. And next thing you know, that head kick's coming. So I favor Quarantillo in the matchup because of the pace. And I have seen Tucker somewhat, um, I, I shouldn't say broken, but it, he looked close in the Rick Glenn fight. And all Rick Glenn did was move forward, press him, you know, put him in a tie clinch, put him against the cage, work towards uh, takedowns and just, you know, stick on him like glue. And I think Quarantillo can kind of, you know, replicate that. And, and he definitely has the cardio edge over Tucker. So give me Quarantillo here at 8,500. And I'm actually surprised I would even say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like him in, in this spot. And uh, as you said, just from a, a stylistical matchup, should be a really fun fight to watch and looking forward to that one. Let's move on to a matchup that uh, it came together this week because Tisha Torres lost her initial opponent, which was Angela Hill. Angela Hill testing positive for COVID. Now Sam Hughes steps up in here. Uh, we have no pricing on FanDuel. We do have pricing on DK. 8900 for Tisha Torres. 7,300 for Hughes. Uh, let me just put it this way. Do you have faith that Tisha Torres can get her second professional victory via stoppage? I wouldn't say faith is the word. I think it's in the realm of possibility. Uh, I do. I think that Tisha Torres here is priced really high for a fighter that doesn't really go north of 60 points. I mean, she averages 56.7 points. She doesn't know how to really help us DFS players out. Uh, she tries to go for the finish. And in her previous bout against Brianna Van Buren, I was actually impressed. You know, I picked her to win that fight. She did. She did great. She stuffed some takedowns. She actually looked mean. And when a fighter looks mean, A, it works better for the judges. It really influences the judges. But it can sometimes really intimidate your opponent and break your opponent. Now, in this matchup against Hughes, Hughes isn't bad by any means. Like she's not bad. Like she's okay. She's five and one. So she's relatively green going up against a fighter in Torres who has 12 UFC fights, you know, and then you talk about the experience on the ultimate fighter. Uh, I think that Torres is going to have a significant speed advantage in the striking department. Hughes likes to throw some strikes, but press her opponents against the cage, um, you know, has a decent finishing rate of 80%. That's four out of her five victories. I think that, uh, Torres does tend to get pressed up against the cage quite often, Jason. Mm -hmm. So I'm always worried about her maybe losing rounds or not being in control of a fight as much as she should be. But for me, it's Torres. I don't, I, I guess I'll have a few of Hughes cause I usually 150 max, but I, I really don't have a lot of confidence that she can come in here and take out Tisha Torres. Yeah. My concern with Hughes, is just when you look at who she's fought leading up to this, I, I, I look at this fight like, I get when the UFC calls, you don't want to turn them down unless like you're you're you know injured and you're able to fight. Get it, but I just kind of feel like this is a little too soon. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, Tisha Torres. You know, she's one of the OGs of this division, 
you yeah. know, so it, it's a tough matchup. I mean, you know, Tisha's going to, you know, she should win. I mean, probably wins, what, eight out of ten times, nine out of ten times? Yeah, I'd say nine. And, it, I mean, her level of opposition is crazy. I mean, listening to these last four, Brianna Van Buren, Marina Rodriguez, Whaley Zhang, Joanna Yunjacek, Jessica Andrash. Come on, man. She should win this fight. Yeah, no, no, there, there's no question about it. I, I just think from a from a, a DraftKings aspect, because we we have the pricing out already, it's just a matter of if Tisha Torres doesn't get the finish, and which we all know that's that's what she does. She gets decisions. Yeah, is can she pay off the eighty nine hundred price tag? I mean, because you got to imagine when FanDuel puts that line out, it's not gonna. It's you're gonna have to pay up for for Tisha Torres, and I just don't know if you know is is it worth it. Cook, you. It's a fair point. Absolutely. 9% finish rate of Tisha Torres is 11 professional wins. That is God awful. Um, you know, but maybe she doesn't need a finish to pay off. Maybe Hughes is kind of just like a, a punching bag and just follows her around the octagon for 15 minutes. And it leads to high significant strikes. I mean, maybe Torres gets over, I don't know, 120 significant strikes. It's definitely possible. Yeah. It's uh man. It's 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 a tough price for me to pay, you know. <laughs> but I know I will pay for it in some lineups. I know I will. Yeah. Of course, uh, when you are a Awesome Plus subscriber, you join a community. The tools and projections are great, but you also gain access to our premium Slack channel where you can talk strategy and other topics with fellow DFS players. Participate in office hours with our Awesome experts and stay up to date with the latest updates to projections from Alex Awesome Baker himself. It's our favorite feature for many of our subscribers and added perks to also a plus package. I will tell you this, that uh, me and Pete are going to hop into Slack on Saturday following live before lock because uh, it'll be about 30 minutes before lock when uh, we exit the show. So we'll be in there answering your questions. Of course, I do like try to hop in there on a Saturday and, and you know sit there when I'm just sitting here in my home office doing some work in. So uh, be sure to check it out for our if you're an also a plus member, get into that Slack channel over there. Next, I was talking about this heavyweight matchup of Spivak and Vonderall. Um, man, I, you know, you know, we, we saw kind of this, you know, lower level UFC heavyweight fight last week with Collier and, and Volante. And, you know, it was a first fight of the night. Of course, I took the wrong side of the fight. I had more, <laughs> way more Volante than I had Collier. But uh, what, what's your thoughts on uh, Spivak and Vanderall here? Well, I will say that, you know, Sergey Spivak is a, definitely a guy that a lot of the heavyweights are looking to target because, you know, losing the f- a fight to Walt Harris and then kind of just looking shell-shocked and in some UFC fights, really not looking that impressive. Now, um, at times, I think that he has a very, for a heavyweight, he's pretty well-rounded. Like, he has okay striking, good power, great ground and pound, um, good wrestling. Uh, you know, decent jujitsu. And I, I think that he's a big boy and, uh, and heavyweight MMA. Sometimes you, you see like specialists and I wouldn't say that Spivak is special a specialist. I will say that he's well-rounded and could definitely give a lot of people problems. Like he can stand up with somebody if he has the edge there. If uh, you know, say Vandera, you know, hits him and hurts him, just take him down. And I think that Vandera is, is tough here. They both come in at a 91% finish rate. Obviously, it is heavyweight MMA. Anything can happen. But I do expect Spivak to take down Vandera, you know, put him in some bad positions, possibly work towards a submission. Uh, I think that Spivak is just going to be a little bit too big, a little bit too wise. Uh, Vandera has been submitted twice on film. It looks like he uh, somewhat lost 
you know, like he looks a little, a little lost in the, in the jujitsu department. Um, both big KO guys as well. Four KOs for Spivak, seven for Randerop. I'm excited for the fight, man, but uh, I'll definitely be having a lot more Spivak than Randerop. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a heavyweight matchup, you know, and, you know, we, we've seen, you know, we've seen last two weeks of underdogs come in. Parker Porter two weeks ago, Jay Collier last week. We'll see maybe if Vanderall can become that next one. Now, our opening fight of the night is going to be Chase Hooper versus Peter Barrett. 9300 for Chase Hooper, 6900 for Peter Barrett. And then over on FanDuel, $21 for Chase, $8 for Peter Barrett. We're both very familiar with, with Peter Barrett. I, I've interviewed Peter Barrett, God, probably six, seven times. Um, th- this is a matchup that, um, you know, I, I see what the UFC is doing here. I, I think you see it as well, what's going on here. If Peter can keep this fight on the feet, he's a great pump play. However, yeah. we have seen throughout his career, I mean, he, he does tend to get caught in submissions. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, the UFC knows what they're doing in this matchup. But I think they know, you know, let's see what Peter Barrett can do. Uh, he has a similar style to Alex Caceres and just saying that he likes to stand up and that he's a southpaw. Um, I think that Peter Barrett, if, he's, if it, the fight stays standing, he wins the fight. He's a strong, gritty guy. I think that he uh, will excel in the clinch. The problem comes down to um, the grappling, obviously. And Chase Hooper's grappling and takedown attempts are kind of horrendous. But it's the pressure. Like, he'll fail, and he'll just keep going. He'll get hit, and he'll just keep going. He's very, very tough. Chase Hooper looked completely, you know, outclassed in his previous fight against Alex Caceres. Caceres kind of just shrugged him off, like, get off me, little boy, and uh, beat him up on the feet. I think that Cooper has made some adjustments, at least I would hope so. Um, Instead of trying to go for some traditional double leg takedowns like a wrestler, that's not your strength. Uh, He pulls guard sometimes. Um, I, I think that the one thing for him would be trying to get behind Peter Barrett, work on lacing the leg. Obviously, that's a lot easier said than done. I do think that Peter Barrett does make a lot of mistakes, though, Jason, if I'm being honest, like in his career as far as the grappling. And those mistakes can lead to capitalization from Hooper. And I think that on the mat, Hooper will, will excel. Barrett's not bad on the mat. It's just kind of submission defense. Um, and I think the chaining of takedowns and, and grappling transitions mixed in with some ground and pound. 9,300 people might be a little hesitant of Hooper. Maybe he wins a little bit too soon. But as far as picking the fight, I think that Hooper does get it done. Uh, Barrett will be in a few lineups because of the the facts that we just stated. Yeah, no, you, you bring it up there. You mentioned about five picks. Let's get right into our five picks. Let's start. Let's go. Uh, let's go top to bottom. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Chase Hooper. I just, I, I, I just look at. It, I think the ability for him to get to the ground. But like you mentioned, if if Peter Barrett can keep this fight on the feet, he is a live dog in that one. Yeah, agreed. I'm going Hooper. Uh, Spivak and Vonderall. I'm going Spivak. I will go speed back as well. Uh, well, I don't even think we have to really talk about this one. I think we're both taking Tisha Torres. Yep. Uh, Gavin Tucker, Billy Q. Give me Billy Q. Hardest fight in the card, in my opinion. I say Billy Q, though. Uh, Dern, Janaroby. Dern. I wanted to go Janaroby until you've kind of talked to me about this striking aspect. So it. I'm going to go Dern. You, you, talk, you talked me into taking the favorite. Okay, okay. Uh, Swanson, Pineda. That's a tough one as well, man, but I'm going Pineda. I agree with you there. Uh, give me Gagne against Dos Santos. Yep, Cerro gone for me. Jacare, Kevin Holland. Jacare. Give me Kevin Holland. Okay. I'm, 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 it's more of just betting against Jacare at this point in his career, more than anything yep. else. I can't, I can't hate it. Uh, 
uh, Raphael or Moncano? Fizzy uh, ad for me. Yeah, I'll go the same way. Olivero Ferguson. This is one I keep going back and forth on. Yeah, I'm going to shock everybody. And I tell you, I'll, I'll definitely split my exposure. But as far as picking, I'm picking Olivero to win. Give me Ferguson. Okay. I, I, I've been Olivero all week, but I don't know. There's just something that tells me I think those short elbows play pay a massive advantage in this one. Then the main event, Divison Figueredo, Brand Moreno. Give me Divison Figueredo. Dang, Figueredo for me. Here's a little backstory for you. Okay. If Bram Moreno wins, this will be the yep. first UFC champion for his manager, Jason House, who mm. also managed Alex Perez. So back-to-back pay-per-views for Jason House to potentially get his first UFC champion. Wow. Okay. It gives you, you, gives you a little one there. Uh, yeah. let's, let's get into uh, some questions before we get out of here on this edition of the MMA Strategy Show. Of course, uh, if you ever uh, are unable to watch us live on YouTube and maybe you want to download us for your drive to work the next day, the show is available as part of the Awesome Podcast Network. And uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star rating and review with your Twitter handle or Awesome username included, and you can win a free week of Awesome Plus. We'll be giving away a free Awesome Plus pass every week to the person who submits our favorite review. Good luck. That really does help us out a lot. Someone who's in the podcasting world, I can tell you that helps out a lot. Uh, Samuel, uh, let's start with you. He says, what is the Holland Jacare be in the optimal? I say yes. I say yes as well. Uh, Bill says uh, for DraftKings, who gets more points, Raphael or Tony? That's a close fight, man. I think um, it's hard to bet against Tony's volume. Yeah. I, you know, I'm back in Oliveira, but I probably still uh, give me Fiziev. Uh, next up, uh, to, let's see here. Uh, Samuel says top five cigar to target, regardless of which site. All right. Let's give them three. I would say Holland Jacare. Yeah. Quarantino Tucker. Yes. Because of volume. I think Ferguson Oliveira. I like that more as a cash game than I do GPP. Um, in terms of a GPP for the third one, um, the Meccano fight, I think. I threw that one out there. Uh, okay. Next up, uh, Samuel says, top two favorite, top two underdogs. Okay, well, I like Cyril. Uh, yeah, I like Gone, yeah. I like Cyril Gone. Um, I guess I'll say Tisha Torres. That's kind of cheating, but. Oh, well, you're just being honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, just, uh, you want to know our top two favorites. Uh, top two underdogs. This is an interesting one. Oliveira for me. And Jacare. I don't think Jacare is actually the, favorite, the underdog anymore. Really? Uh, I just pulled the betting odds. Yeah, Jacare is minus 115, minus 105 for Holland. Wow. Ah oh, dang, okay. But that that line just moved a lot. Um, I'd probably say Tucker, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple underdogs in a spot that I would tell you, you know, I, there's just a couple fights I think could go either way. You know, I I look at McConaughey plus one forty. I think is it is an interesting spot. Swanson plus one forty five. Jana Robo plus one sixty five. Um, and, and you mentioned about Gavin Tucker plus one forty five. I think those are, are definitely ones to look at. 
Um, lowest owned fighter that could break the slate. Hard to predict uh, ownership now, but it could be Pineda. I'm just going to pull up what Alex has for projections just so I can kind of give me a little bit of a guide here. And looking at DK. Uh... Oh, let's see here. Uh, let me look at kind of the low end here. Um, Cub Swanson, maybe? Yeah. Not, Olivero. Not maybe Gavin Tucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. I mean, those are kind of the 7K guys that I, I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, Samuel says, Tisha's a must on FanDuel. Well, we don't know the price. I, I think we, once we know the price, I think that then that will kind of help us out. But I would be surprised if she's 19. I think the best number you're going to possibly get is $19. Yeah, I, I think the the path to victory against Tisha Torres is keep this little Energizer bunny on the mat on her back. So I think it's not a bad call saying that Hughes will look to take her down. Uh, next one we go goes, cut the crap. Who is getting knocked the F out on this slate? I think Moicano's getting knocked out. Uh, JDS for me. It's a good one, too. It's just, it's, you know, JDS at this point in his career – to me, I, I just think it, it's really tough to uh, you know to, to trust where he's at this point. I mean, that's just just anything. Um, here's an interesting one: Kilo uh, asked you, Pete, uh, any fight picks hinge on weigh-ins? Yeah, you definitely have to you know pay attention to the main event. Uh, we are hearing reports Figueroa's weight is doing well. Same thing with Moreno. Um, obviously, a lot can change over the course of uh, the next couple of days. But outside of that, man. I think that we're going to be fine as far as weigh-ins. I think everybody will make weight. Uh, Samuel, a couple questions more from him. He says, which fighters that to target that are not getting no love? Um, I think a lot of people will be on Figueroa. Maybe Brandon Moreno does sneak it out. I don't think so. But that could be somebody. Um. Could Daniel Pineda be kind of a, a sneaky little play there? Yeah, I think that he's a guy that could possibly break the slate because of Swanson's inability to defend the submissions. Uh, favorites, uh, Samuel asked this question, favorites inside the distance? I think uh, gone. Hooper. I think, I think that's an easy one. I would say Hooper, Spivak. Holland Jocker, right? Either one of them. Yeah, I'd probably take the under on that. Yeah, but those are all good. Uh, always, As always, we do appreciate the questions over there. Of course, uh, that is going to do it for the MMA Strategy Show. As you exit the show, be sure to hit that thumbs up button if you've not done that already. Of course, myself and Pete, we will be back on Saturday for Live Before Lock. We will start at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, take you all the way up till 6 p.m. Eastern Time right before NBA Live Before Lock. So that's going to do it. For this edition of the MMA Strategy Show right here on awesomeboat.com. <laughs>